0: Yeah, a bit more pressure definitely, but I was coming in I'd, I'd won the half mar Irish half marathon championship, so I'd come in as the Irish marathon, Irish half marathon champion, and in the back of my mind, it was kind of like, oh, it'd be quite nice to be joint Irish, Irish and UK marathon champion kind of thing, and so the first UK guy's the UK champion, so it's kind of like, oh, I think I think I might be able to give that a shot. So that was kind of my aim, and. Uh, it was like right I'll go for 2.15, kind of first UK person um, so I went over and then yeah I was I kind of started the race and I was feeling good up until about 22 mile and I was the first UK guy and I was like gee 22 mile I started like I'd never really hit the wall properly before and I came out there's the tunnel and then you come out of the tunnel and that's when things started to go pear-shaped and I was like actually this is the long ways, the finish line feeling like a long way away. Yeah, the miles get longer. And yeah, definitely. And I remember the noise and it was just like, just shut off. I'm, I'm not enjoying this. I just want some peace and quiet. And uh, I managed to get there about 25 and a bit miles. And then I think it was Derek Hawkins. He was Colin Hawkins' brother passing by. And uh, he went down the running street, the finishing street. And he got the, the UK champion and then I was just behind him. That, my
1: friend, was Paul Pollock, and this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Welcome to Podcast Number Thirty One. I was on the edge of my seat listening to Paul and his achievements on the road to becoming the first Irishman home in the marathon during the 2016 Rio Olympics. Not only is Paul just a down to earth guy, but he's also one of the most talented runners that I've had the pleasure of listening to. It's a great podcast identifying how hard it is to get your body into form when it counts the most. Paul has had it far from easy over the years with injury and controversy, but he's managed to keep grinding and pumping out results that makes him one of Ireland's most accomplished marathon runners. Before we go into the podcast, I'd just like to thank the Born to Run crew who has come on board as the Inspirational Runners' main sponsor. Their first run, Forest Run, winter series of eight races starts on Saturday, the 3rd of November in Minneburn, Belfast. That's up at the St. Mary Peter's Track. I've been at their winter series for the last three years running and I hope to see you all there this year again. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded the Podbean app and followed the inspirational runner. It's my pleasure to introduce to you Paul Pollock. There is one question I have, which I laughed earlier on when I wrote these, and it was, um, how do you get your name on Wikipedia?
0: It? Oh, how, did how did you get your name on Wikipedia? I have no idea, because um, we were actually talking about that about a month ago, um, I was around a friend's house, and they were like, you have a Wikipedia thing? I was like, I, I know, Or we like, who set it off?" I have literally class. no idea who it was, like, it's someone who must know me, yeah. I think, but I don't know. I was extremely
1: disappointed, so a Google my name then, I not know. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like- sure power of 10's there, that's <laughs> the thing, so... Uh, So Wikipedia, I I was told when I was doing my assignments in college, etc., don't trust Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. So 32 years of age.
0: I'm 32 now. So there's one thing it got right in I think a lot of it's taken from the website. So whoever it was, I think, must have gone on my website and just copied and pasted or something, because it seems even writing it's written very similar I think strange how it even updates and things like that isn't it I haven't been on I haven't looked at it for for ages now so I don't know don't know what it could have been edited who knows (laughs) so what did you
1: think that must have been a laugh when you seen that
0: yeah, well, it's, it's, it's nice, it's nice that yeah. someone's thinking about me, but will probably be my mum worse. i who knows. No, she's not technology yet. <laughs> Enough with the technology. And an
1: emergency medical
0: yeah, doctor? Yeah, A&E. you only after to finishing your exams. Thursday. I had a big one on Thursday. So how did that feel? Relieved, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's nice to get it over with because you're quite busy, um, aren't
1: you? You're, you've got coaching, you're yeah, training, you're competing. Yeah, yeah. It can't, it, it goes,
0: goes through very busy periods and very relaxed periods. So.
1: Mm. How do you cope yeah. with the busier periods? Do you offset what's going on, like more nah, sleep? Uh, or? You just
0: through. You try and sleep as much as you can. To be honest, especially, yeah. especially you yeah, have proper sleep. I'd say in the evening times other than napping throughout the day and stuff. It makes like. a huge difference, though, like, doesn't yeah, it? Really does. Yeah, I,
1: I really feel it now. I'm 43 years of age, so yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It's <laughs> nice if you can get the naps
0: in, definitely. I'd say. And
1: what? Well, yeah. Just to strip it back then, just a little bit brief. About yourself, and what got you into running to begin with? You must have been at a very young age. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> actually. Well, it depends what you call young. <laughs> <laughs> like 30 days. No, so... um. Yeah, I first got into running when I was pretty much seventeen. I think it was seventeen, eighteen, as in lower sixth in school. The summer between lower and upper sixth. It's late enough, like. Right? Yes, yeah, that's the thing, and I hated it is because my brother. <laughs> so I have two brothers. One, Noel, he's quite well known in athletics because he's the doctor for yep. UK athletics. Um. So he most most of the athletes over in UK anyway. I've seen him at some stages, especially the athletes in Northern Ireland of flown over as well and see, see him so whenever i mention my brother they, they normally think no but it's actually my other <laughs> is brother is he on wikipedia connor. he probably is to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably got a better better page than me but uh yeah so my other brother connor was a member of abbey athletics club it was called and he was going down to do there's a local road race in Monaghan, the Monaghan 5k mm. and um i wasn't doing any sport at the time and uh yeah, pretty much. Connor, mum and dad forced me into the car and said, "No, you're doing this five k essentially." So I, th- I think that that's pretty much where it all started. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like growing up, mum and dad were always like, "You need a sport in your life, whatever the Did, sport is. Were they athletic so, themselves, or just uh, they know the value uh, of sport? They, they were the, I think they knew the value of sport. Like mm. dad would have played Gaelic and basketball. He's quite good basketball um, back in the day. Um, but yeah, it is. Cause it's great it discipline, of, isn't it? Yeah. But it's it sets you on a good path. Well, that's the thing. I think anyone else sport in their life, it's it mm-hmm. is great and it kind of just everything for making you a more rounded person, essentially. But um, yeah, so I was quite lucky growing up. I kind of moved through a lot of different sports, like mm-hmm. weekend going to lessons at the weekends or clubs, club meetups at the weekend. Um, I went through a lot of sports, but it was never like never very good at them, and it was always just. Turn up and be one of the team, yeah. essentially. I was never the star or standout player, exactly. Can you remember what your so, 5k was in Monaghan? Yeah, no, so that's, so yeah, so that's, I was pretty much playing badminton at the time, and then it stopped playing Bandon and I was slowly getting fat, um, pretty much, and we were putting on a good bit of weight, and so mum and dad were like, All right, we're coming down to Monaghan, and um, they got, yeah, so we started the race, and um I remember clearly within the first K, like I've always been a bit headstrong. I was like, they're making me run, I'm going through them, and kind of went out as hard as possible. And that's that's not a very good way to, to run a yeah. 5K, even when you are fit. Um, and yeah, literally after 1K, I was completely dead, but managed to um, <laughs> just struggle around. And I won the under 20 junior prize, I think around 17 20, or wow. 17 something, anyway. I think it was 17 20. And uh, I remember I got a free jacket and won the junior prize. And this is like, off no training, no nothing, never ran before, essentially. Um, so, real yeah, so, talent for so then, so then mum and dad were like, well, you're going up with Connor to train with, with Abbey yeah. Athletics Club. And again, they pretty much had to force me for the first six months, pretty much. I hated it, absolutely hated it. And it just wasn't wasn't enjoyable in the slightest for me. And again, with the headstrong thing, like I pretty much for one of the first nights anyway, I went up and they're all all the ones in the club were a bit older than me. It was kinda of like most of them were young, early twenties at this stage. And uh, the coach Bobby, and um, Bobby Ray was kinda of like the main figurehead who kind of ran he set up the whole club himself and um ran it as well. And so, so the first session was, it's called The Bull, by Mary Peters' track. It's kind of, there's, it's yeah. like a mile long uh, loop and it's kind of, two massive hills in it. And... Um, I think I know the Boulder Run race, it sort of goes up around there. Yes, it is, Aye, up around there, that's, that's the area. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's like a small hill and then a massive hill. And uh, I remember they were doing loops, loops of that. And I can't even remember what the session was, but I remember it did one whole loop and then we had a week break and then it was the go again. And I pretty much got up this top of this small hill and then just vomited everywhere. And this is like one of the first times I ever met it, met everyone else in the club. And uh, I remember them just laughing away, going, What are you doing? Like this is pretty much after about seven minutes of running from standstill to just puking everywhere. And uh, yeah and th- th- that pretty much was my first six months of, of training. It was just turn up, run hard. Until you threw up, and then just (laughs) just brutal ignorance, really, isn't it? Pretty much more than anything else, and yeah, yeah, it took a long time to learn that that's probably not the best way to run. and uh, even in races that was kind of that was the philosophy just quite as hard as you can and um, see how long you can last for kind of thing
1: it's a big mistake that most runners make though (laughs) isn't it And when you you go out you're trying to run further and as fast as you can every time you're racing every single run
0: well that's it exactly so uh, yeah It usually leads
1: to one place like that's your first 10 injuries (laughs) very
0: painful painful i always say i didn't i didn't actually know any my anatomy my waist down until yeah. I start running now I know every single little yeah <laughs> every muscle, every and, muscle. Well, exactly you do that's, you become a physio running you do you, you pick up niggles and even by googling all the injuries I've had I'm sure that's, that's <laughs> like even if I didn't have a medical degree it probably would by now by then <laughs> like the amount of injuries I've had but uh but yeah that that was kind of the whole that's quite phenomenal it was
1: 17 minutes yeah your first run But like, that's unheard of almost that's just
0: <laughs> maybe it is I don't know but yeah. to, to me I didn't think much at the time like you know mm. not in the running circle never really watched it on TV as such have you yeah, ever looked look back think. at
1: that or has anybody looked back at that and tried to understand why is it just your running form and your I don't know I was always really running up like, in your toes I, I was
0: always quick like playing football and Gaelic and stuff okay. in school and um, I was always probably the fastest in my year Like, so I was always always able just to keep running mm. and beat everyone else essentially to, to the ball and stuff Um but we didn't really have a athletics department or quite a good yeah. PE department in school. Um, so it's never really picked up on.
1: Yeah, so that's quite a struggle in Northern Ireland, isn't it? I know yeah. I have a ten year old son as well who plays Gaelic. He's a great. Yeah. We runner. he does the park runs are really good now. Yeah, yeah. But when you go to the schools and you watch the sports days, yeah. Some runner, some of the young runners are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And it's well, Disappointing. There's it is,
0: nothing there to catch these guys. It is. It, it's got a lot better now. Like, there are a lot of schemes that Northern Ireland Athletics yeah. have tried to set up. And like Summer Screen, the Stars, I can't even remember what you call it, but there are schemes set up there for a lot of young kids. I know a lot of the ones working with North Ireland Athletics go into schools now and kind of try and pick up those people. But um, it's the same old story. There's, there's not much money in athletics. And yeah. whenever there's football, Gaelic teams kind of pulling you. In that direction, and all your friends are in those teams, and it's a lot easier to go join that team out it is to go out for a 10 mile run by yourself. Kind of yeah, thing. and so that's it. Because like you know, it's, it's like different. your parents do have to put you in the car and uh, take you to these do, places, definitely. and you're away from everybody else. Yeah. You're left back
1: there with your mates, yeah, and exactly. they're all going out and playing team games yeah, and things like so that. I think that's, that's part of the struggle. Definitely. If somebody did have, so I'm down from the mm-hmm. Down Coastline there, if somebody did have a,
0: a young kid, what was the best thing they could do to try and get them into athletics? If they thought they had a well that's the thing. I think um local clubs and mm-hmm. the coaching setup in Northern Ireland is getting better. Yeah. It definitely is getting there's there are coaches there now who know what they're talking about and there's kinda they've been through a number of generations of of athletes themselves and kinda they do have some noise there which is mm-hmm. good and it's definitely improving, I would say, in North Ireland. So yeah. I'd say go check out your local club. And there's a lot of local clubs
1: there now are really taking yeah.
0: on youth sort of clubs. At well, Newcastle
1: Athletic, I believe yeah. it is And they're doing a really great job down there yeah. at the minute. They I'm are.
0: This, that's the thing. So there's quite a lot of mm. clubs now. It's really just finding one that suits, suits you or your kid and um, just go down and enjoy it and see, see how it goes.
1: So wh- when was your first international call up then? Because that so was we, come quite pretty quick too, <coughs> didn't it? So
0: it? was. So it was was what was it 2003 August 2003 I think it was was Monaghan and um, yeah so that was Monaghan and I trained with Abbey Athletics Club until pretty much the following summer following summer and then I had a track season in the summer and I think that was like I was completely novice I didn't know there's world championships European championships or uh, Euro yeah. cross country or anything like that I, I knew of the Olympics obviously but didn't know there was Everything else underneath. and um, <coughs> then Bobby, so Bobby was a big influence at that stage, and he was like, well, there's this Commonwealth Youth Games, and they're in Australia, which kind of made me perk up my ears a bit more, <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> and he's like, if you run sub four minutes for 1500 metres, you'll get to go to the, this Commonwealth Youth Games, and it's pretty much two, three weeks in Australia, so it's like, Geez, okay, and I think at the time, I'd been running like four, six, four or five, and um uh, for for first track season, I was like, I yeah. thought that was pretty good. I, I didn't know any better, and um, we were getting close to the deadline and cut off time for it. And there's a couple of other runners in the club. There's Simon Murray, Simon Taylor, and Gavin McBride, and Bobby's like, right, we're setting up a race for you. We want you to break four minutes. These guys are going to pace you. Do nothing. Just sit in these three, and. Uh, I was like, okay, fair enough. And I think they needed two other people to make it like a proper race. Yeah. So it actually counted the time. And uh, I remember going off and I remember, yeah, I don't remember much about the race, but I remember crossing the finish line and we were all hugged and everything. And uh, it was 3.56. And I was wow. like, um, for me, that was, at, when I was 17, 18, it was a massive deal yeah. of going to Australia um, by myself, essentially, no parents, no fr- other friends, really. <laughs> and... Um, yeah and that was my first uh pretty much international competition um and that was fantastic and really enjoyed it and then came back uh, so how that was how did you do in those so i came fourth in the 1500 so again i think it was the first is i the first or second time they'd ever had these commonwealth youth games and so it's quite a small kind of it hadn't taken off yeah. really properly so i came fourth but it was Quite a weak event, kind of thing. And that's it. was always looking back, it's one of the things it's like, oh, I've got a medal there. What coming off these games is now is, is quite a big event, actually. A medal is quite a big yeah. deal if you win it now. And um, it I was, looking back, I was like, oh, it would have been quite nice to have picked up that medal there. But yeah, I came fourth in that, and then fourth in uh, there's like a mixed relay, I think it's 400 meter, 800 meter, no, 200, 400, 800 in a mile. And I think I was on the mile leg. Um, but again, like I wasn't looking back at the training that I was doing, I wasn't training properly yeah. at all. But again, maybe that's what I needed at that time and stuff. So, it um, takes you why to know you yourself, just, doesn't yeah, it? As well, exactly. You just don't know what's good. And at the time, I trusted Bobby, and, and it worked for me at yeah. that time. So, um, who knows? So um, that was my first first, and then pretty much yeah, I kept the running off. Went to Queens for medicine, uh, and then pretty much I think it was my second year of medicine. Bobby died. Um, he had lung cancer, a really short illness, mm. and pretty much in a couple of weeks, um, he'd gone from running the club, training with the club, turning up every night, to, to passing away. It's a big impact and on the club, isn't Yeah, it? Uh, well, that was it. The whole club was kind of in shock anyway, and um, pretty much if it folded. Mm. We tried to keep it going, but that was obviously the turning He really point. was the club. and He was. He, he was the, the life and soul, really, of the club. And... Um, so yeah, so within a year, we kind of kept it going for a year or two and obviously the friendships were still there, um, but yeah, the club, the club mm. essentially folded and as was in, a, in university at the time, it was kind of like, well, other priorities other than just running essentially. Um, so medicine kind of took over and I always kept like, kept my friends, kept the, in touch with the Albi Athletics ones and the Queen's Athletics team. Um, but I was never proper, yeah. proper trainer. Like I wouldn't have called myself a runner. It was more, I was running was a pastime, was a hobby, um, and yeah, and that was pretty much until twenty eleven, and then uh, yeah, I I'd graduated at this point in his first time in work, and I don't know if it was full time work that kind of made me uh, maybe want to go back to the running or not. But uh, essentially, the London Olympics were in twenty twelve, and it always mm. kind of half jokingly said. I reckon if I ever put my mind to it I could get to the Olympics and I'd said this to Abby once even when I was quite young and they're all everyone would laugh and be like hi, sure kind of thing and with the London Olympics in 2012 it's like well actually you know I've, I've got my, my degree now I, I can not always go back to work if I want to which is yeah. quite a nice situation to be in Um so it's like right like how, how do we go about making the 2012 Olympics essentially and um, so I went and talked to Noel, who was, so Noel's like a 343, 1500 metre runner himself at the time, and he was kind of, so he was training as well, and kind of knew quite a lot of the ones in the UK scene, and he said there's this coach here, he's Andy Hobdill, he's, he's kind of not very well known in UK Athletics, but the guys he coaches are good guys, kind of thing, he's got a nice group there. Um. And he's like why do you mind getting get in touch with him so he gave me his phone number i was like okay i'll phone him and i've clearly remember i phoned him during a work shift um, in city hospital in <laughs> belfast city hospital and What's i was having a bad day i was having a very bad day <laughs> and i was standing between two wards and uh andy he's so he's he's like a lawyer he goes into court and he talks and stuff so he, there's no problem talking for andy uh and he's got quite a good personality about him And essentially he was like, if you come over to London, I'm more than happy for you to train with my group. If you can keep up, great, I'll coach you. If you can't keep up, then sorry. (laughs) You'll have to go do something else. Um, So yeah, so I pretty much was like, right, I've got... So the medicine year goes from August to August. Um, So it's August 2011. um, That is like, right, I'm going to put the medicine on hold and see if I move over to London and... uh, family and his group hopefully was the plan and um, so i tried to swing that by the the dean of, of medicine and he was like well I'll, I'll let you do it for one year anyway and see see how you get yeah, on kind good. of thing which to be honest he didn't have to do yeah, and yeah. he could have very easily just said no because they don't like giving a part-time or years away to people um but thankfully he kind of believed a bit <laughs> so. um so yeah, in August I went over and trained with Andy, and uh, I'll never forget the first run. He was so the first one was is with a guy called Ben Whippy, who um, he's two fifteen marathon runner in himself, but he kind of he should have been a lot better. Again, he's he's he was a very strong athlete, and he was training for Berlin in September, so he was about eight weeks before right. Berlin marathon, and he was going to qualify for the London Olympics for the marathon, and. Um, he was doing a 20-mile run at fast pace, pretty much. And uh, there was me turnover, over, kind of hadn't really been training too much and um, was t- trying to hang on. And this is the run which Andy was kind of judging me on, pretty much. So um, I remember it's was like, I can't let Andy die, I can't let myself <laughs> die, And uh, I managed to get to 10-mile and then the wheels came off, completely off, and I had to stop at about 11-mile. Wow. and um, And that was it. And I was like... Well, I, I don't know if that's good enough or not, but whatever Ben said down he must have said, Oh, he's got some talent or he kept up or something and uh bad courage I'm, in it. And yeah, and pretty much from there um we've kind of yeah, we uh we've worked together since then pretty much. Because um, London was amazing, it? wasn't it? Yeah. Such a buzz around Well, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was amazing and like, I, the thing was I was back in medicine, back in the Belfast City yeah. Hospital at this stage and uh, I didn't get to see much of it because I wasn't work and also because, so I got injured pretty much, um, training went very well up until about January for every time and I completely wrecked my knee and uh, needed surgery on the knee and was pretty much bed bound <sighs> for about two, three months. So um, in wow. my mind, it was, well, running's, that, that dream is kind of over. So um, I came back to medicine and, yeah, and worked for medicine. So it's called F2, F2 year, so like second year after graduation. Uh, and yeah, for me, that was kind of, well, the, the knees and pieces. So how long um, was that? So that was February. And luckily, Noel knew a, a good new surgeon through, through his work and um, put me in touch with him. And he was like, Well, we can do it for you, but whether or not you get back running again is, we just can't answer that question, pretty much. He's like, Well, you just have to wait and see. Um, but thankfully, I did. So it's pretty much it was like eight weeks of completely nothing. It wasn't allowed to, he said, the more you stay horizontal, the better. So um, so I've seen a lot of films from, from, from 2010, <laughs> 2011 era. Um, but yeah, and that was. It is tough. It's tough so important to make sure you get the right advice and the yeah. right surgery. Well that's isn't it? the thing. Like this this guy who's probably one of the best in the world, still is mm-hmm. one of the best in the world. And to actually have that contact with through Noel um was yeah. I, I don't think so, I would be still running if it wasn't for that contact through Noel. And Noel's done a lot and put me in touch with a lot of sports medicine doctors throughout the year and um, So how do yeah, you come back after
1: year. something like that? So
0: Yeah, so that's the thing. So it's kinda i got back running probably about may time they're so jogging running in may of 2012 and um andy would still be in kept kind of keeping in touch kind of thing just all texts and uh and then so then he kind of started coaching it's like right i can run again went from jogging to running and then just built it up slowly again and then it got to when did I get, it got to about august time august september time and andy's like this is Dublin Marathon it's the end of October why, why don't you just do it for the crack and I was like I'm not a marathon runner why, what, what do you want me to do this for <laughs> and uh, he's like oh just give it a go see what happens kind of thing so I was like well, alright I'll well, give it a go I'm not doing anything else kind of thing I'm working working in medicine so um, I entered Dublin Marathon and um, looking back at the training there's no way I should have yeah. run it. I still put it up there it's probably my best run I've ever done Um, like just the way you hung on yeah just uh, everything because again in that year of going back it used to be every Sunday was I'm going out and from Ormer Road where I was living up to Lisburn's 10 miles along the two path and every Sunday I would just go out run 10 miles up turn around 10 miles back and every weekend I'd be like right I'm going to try and beat last Sunday's time and uh, and yeah and so it's just off that strength like a a time trial every week time trial every week I got it down to 141 which again is probably my best ever run in training or racing and and I remember finishing that run and being like, "Geez, I'm I'm in good shape here kind of thing. What time did um, you get? So I got two so Dublin was the first ever one, it was two sixteen thirty and I was what? the first Irish guy back. I was ninth and the first Irish guy back. And at the time like it still wasn't for me I was kinda it's like Oh, it's just a marathon, it's yeah. just another race. Like I didn't really understand it. And it wasn't until the next day when Andy me he was like, You know that's the World Championship qualifying time and I was like what do you mean, What's what World Championships kind of thing, and was like, yeah, there's World Championships next year, and you just, the qualifying time is 2.17, and I was like, oh, jeez, <laughs> that's pretty nice, what's, what's that mean, so, um yeah, and then he was like, yeah, we'll get you to do London Marathon in April, and hopefully the Irish Selectors will pick mm. you for the World Championships in Moscow that year, and uh, I was like, alright, so then that kind of that spark in Dublin, I was like, geez, actually, I might, I'm going to the world championships, which yeah. I was like, geez, this is getting proper, proper at But you were finding more
1: pressure coming so, on them because obviously you ran, you went into Dublin then, yeah. there wouldn't have been as much pressure, was, you had a phenomenal run. There was run. no pressure at all, like, no one knew me, essentially, yeah. in Dublin,
0: which was nice, and Well, was, they, they knew after that. Like, well, yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, like, uh, it was nice, but, um, yeah, it was such an amateur race in Dublin, like, it just... I'm not even sure if I had drinks or anything and I went that hard I remember leading it by about it must have been a couple of hundred metres anyway um, at the 10 mile point there's <laughs> someone put up there's a video of it online somewhere and uh, it's like the whole convoy of all the trucks and cars and then it's me just slapping slapping coming through and then it's just silence for about 30 seconds and then it's like 9 or 10 Africans just all running <laughs> and it's just like looking back and yeah they, they passed me at about halfway, but uh even still, I was like, what was I doing, kind of thing, just going off, hard. Brilliant. but uh, but yeah, it was that was a, it was definitely a good day, just just that feeling. Do you feel being... you have a high tolerance to pain then? Oh, I, it's very hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. Like I think I, I've definitely hurt myself in the past, and like I, I think, mean, I think able, every runner has to stand.
1: be able to push through that yeah. mental aspect. I suppose uh, then, Potentially.
0: That's the thing with marathons, like. Like, even if you're running, say, a 201 two oh marathon for a Kipchoge or 4-hour marathon, I'm pretty sure it's the same sort of pain, to be honest. Like, if you're pushing yourself to that limit, you're going to feel pain. And uh, the pain I was feeling, I'm pretty sure it's the same as what every other marathon runner who's kind of hurt hurt themselves feels. What do so, what you use then to push yeah. through that when you're coming into, like, mile 22 or 20? 20 so <laughs> it's Very hard to know. No, normally <laughs> I vomit and then just keep running on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, i had you just get the head down and just say i'm going to do this pretty much mm. it's um just very strong minded yeah I, th- I think that's what a lot of a lot of the marathon is essentially mm. like you can be as physically strong as you can but if, but if you aren't don't have that mentality um and yeah I, I definitely think i'm a confidence runner as in if i i need one one race where it goes okay then the next race will go better and then the third race will be geez okay i'm going to yeah, going to yeah. go well here and that's kind of been the pattern for the past it's few years. It's almost like years. you ride that wave, like is not yeah, it? it really is, and I think that's a lot of that's to do with marathon running as well. I think you need to come in with that mentality of actually, I can do this kind of thing.
1: And it's, like, I find it tough going to. I've done Dublin the last seven years, I think. Mm. I might even be eight. <laughs> I'm yeah. Not yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, but I find it difficult going down in the bus, in the club mm. bus. Yeah, cause yeah. Because you have to be Just so positive. Nerves. Yeah, I don't have nerves in yeah, the marathon um, 10k or 5k I have nerves because yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I'm, that's going to be pain from the yeah. off and I enjoy the marathon yeah. um, but there's so many nerves on the bus and there's so much yeah. negativity and people are that worried yeah. and you it's can see the panic to switch off definitely and, and but, it really does affect you Yeah. yeah. You, know, you really need to stay in a positive mind yeah. and so the body's not tense well, and you don't. can go into well, that, that that's race that's the thing like, well, yeah,
0: like I've been to a lot of races now and everyone approaches them very differently Mm. and some people need that to say that negativity just that's their way of getting it getting rid of it essentially Um, and and by them expressing their way whereas other people if you say something negative anything at all then they completely shut down and would walk away from you (laughs) and it's very different how different people approach Marathons definitely, um, but that's everyone's. Different. That's
1: running, it. Yeah, running really teaches you about how different everybody well, is. Well, completely. It?
0: it really is, and that's a good thing. I think definitely.
1: So. And what about London then? When you went to London, then you had a bit more pressure. How did that yeah. go?
0: Yeah, a bit more pressure definitely. But I was coming in at I'd, I'd won the half mar Irish half marathon Championship so I'd come in as the Irish marathon, Irish half marathon champion. And in the back of my mind, it was kind of like, oh, it'd be quite nice to be. Joint Irish, Irish and UK marathon champion kind of thing, and so the first UK guy's the UK champion, so it's kind of like, oh, I think, I think I might be able to give that a shot. So that was kind of my aim, and uh, I was like, right, I'll go for two fifteen and kind of first UK person, um, so I went over and then. Yeah, I was. I kind of started the race and it was feeling good up until about 22 mile, and I was the first UK guy. And I was like, gee, 22 mile, I started, like, I'd never really hit the wall properly yeah. before. And I came out, there's the tunnel, and then you come out of the tunnel, yeah. and that's when things started to go pear shaped. And I was like, actually, this is the long ways the finish line's feeling like a long way away yeah the miles get and longer yeah definitely and i remember the noise and it was just like just shut off i'm i'm not enjoying this i just want some peace and quiet and uh I managed to get there by 25 and a bit miles and then I think it was Derek Hawkins who's Callum Hawkins brother passed me by and uh, he went down the running straight wow. the finishing straight and he got the, the UK champion and then I was just behind him and I was still raging about that because it would be quite a nice like it means yeah. nothing but to me it, w- it was it was kind of my quite achievement the though so, like, It happened yeah. pretty
1: quick as well didn't it Yeah
0: so that's like I still wasn't a marathon I wasn't calling myself a marathon and to be honest like it still took by two for years before even like i probably now i kind of have to call myself a marathoner because i've done so many <laughs> but in my mind i'm still like actually there's a lot of stuff i still want to do at the shorter distances um what but, is your favorite distance uh i i like the pain of a marathon there's there's something different about a marathon which you don't get at any other distance like just transcend so, into a different yeah, sort of plane don't yeah, you yeah like there's the number of marathons that i've done where i've come in and I've overachieved I think in my mind from where I should be in terms of my fitness and I think a lot of that's to do with again with mentality whereas if you go into a 10k it's very hard to overachieve in a 10k mm. you're kind of you have to be in that shape and you run pretty much def- either you run the form or else you don't run very well at all where in a marathon you can actually overachieve I think which mm-hmm. I and mean, surprise yourself um, what's your just, PP profile Five k, ten k, half. Well. Uh, I, I think my best is probably a half. So five k is fourteen o nine, but I actually went through in thirteen fifty nine from a ten k uh, PB. So I've, <laughs> I have i i have never really had a proper track season. All the injuries have always gotten away So if, so my ten k PB is twenty eight thirty two. Um, which again, there's another story there which <laughs> Dermot Donnelly's got the North Ireland record which is twenty-eight seventeen, I think it was and I was over in Stanford at uh, 10k which is like one of the world-class 10k and every year it's running ridiculous times and uh, I'd been training with a group of Australians for the month beforehand and I was coming into it in very good shape. I like was in in my mind a sub 28 shape was possible and I was in very good shape the sessions I was hitting. And I went through five K and 13.59 and I was like right, I'm on this. And then it just got slower and slower. And I came around the, the last lap and I was like, it's, in my head it's four not the throwing the toys out of the prime. I wasn't breaking twenty eight minutes of what I'm doing running around here. And I remember coming in the last lap thinking, oh, if, if I run like a 72nd lap, oh, I'll break, break Dermy's record. I was like, well, at least that's something. So I remember picking it up and across the finish line and looking at my watch and it's like 28-29 in my watch. I said, like, perfect, I've done that. Don't what I wanted want to do, but it's a horrible race, yeah. but i got the record. And then I remember walking forward by 50 metres and looked up at the big board and came up 28-32 and 32. So I missed out by about hundredths and uh, I was out and I've never come close to running, running that time again, I got injured soon after, Jeez. and uh, it's probably my biggest regret in running that, I, I, I could have pushed harder easily yeah. on that last lap, I just, because
1: you, you really know. have to focus and put your energy yeah. into the 10k, don't yeah. you, you
0: can't, it's oh, not going to happen oh, by chance, with 10k you can't switch off, and mm-hmm. the race itself is a challenge I think, so you can be in great shape, but 25 laps is a long time going round and round and round and again mentality plays a big part of that and um, yeah but I've only ever done three 10k races so I think That's I'm still phenomenal. quite a novice novice phenomenal. at that so yeah so that was my first ever 10k race and, what um, about the half marathon then? so the half my PB6209 from uh, Copenhagen in wow. 2014 so um, again I, I finished it thinking oh jeez I could have kept going there kind of thing and in my mind yeah on that day it was one of I think that's when you know you've run well whenever you cross the finish line going ah oh, geez there's more there kind of like it very yeah. rarely happens where you run a good race and finish and go geez I could have gone I could keep going essentially yeah. it's just one of those days where everything clicked everything felt amazing all um, that hard work sort of came yeah. to fruition right? well, exactly really? and um yeah and that, that was yeah that's my pv but that's unbelievable I Again, looking back, you're like whenever you run the PV, you're like, oh, well, I could beat that easily next time. I'd go do one, and then you get injured, and then you're back to back to square one essentially. And then I've never really got up to that. It's a frustrating back, yeah.
1: game, isn't it? Like because if you just get very those, that little so. bit yeah, of luck it's it's of an extra few, literally
0: months. consistency and uh, yeah, and not getting injured, which is my mm. big thing. Um,
1: and how do you find so. coming back from an injury then? Because for me, mm. it's hard work to get back to where you're at. Yeah. You know, it goes very very quickly, like oh, doesn't very it?
0: Very much, I think like. I, I would probably say I haven't had a good race in two years. Like my, I'd say my last good race has been the world half in 2016. I think since then, everything hasn't been as good as what I want it to be. And that's literally just because of injuries. And I haven't had mm. Like the longest time I've had without an injury. is probably five months, and that's probably pushing it. And you just can't hope to run well off that little training. Um. Mm. So that's kind of now. I'm probably about five months into into a training block, um, and we're just trying to build it up. I think that's partly why uh, I find it easier coming back from injuries because in my mind I've underperformed in a lot of kind of my PBs. I don't think are as good as what my potential is, um, across all of them. And that's kind of this, this kind of work that I still want to do, kind of thing. So it's a very I, fine line, isn't it? Yeah, because you're taking yourself right to that limit yeah. and well, it's just making sure. Well, that's it. It's one one
1: thing. Yeah,
0: you look back and go, yeah. Why I did I post
1: that a little bit extra? Or well,
0: that's it. And a, a lot of the injuries they've occurred at very annoying times. Like the the championships that I've been selected for and missed through injury would make would be a pretty good career for a lot of athletes. Um, but that's that's just the time. Like I seem to there's a period ten days before championships where I tend to pick up some big injury. And like the last time I was in my taper phase and. Did, there was absolutely nothing I went for a 10 mile run the day before completely fine and then at the Commonwealth and then wake up and the next morning I can't put, put my foot down and I've got a big fracture in my ankle and you're like jeez where would that come from um, and it, it again, can be that's, can that's be that's an probably, amazing sport but yeah. it also can be a bloody I'll frustrating be, definitely I think I've nice. experienced a bit of I've definitely experienced the lows and I think I've experienced yeah. a bit of the highs so do you think that was yeah. your best race because it went so
1: well though Sixty two.
0: What's uh, your, what's one favorite race? that sticks out. Yeah. Again, the favorite race is probably the races that you, you wouldn't yeah. even know. It. Like, uh, there's Green race. I think when I was nineteen twenty, the Green Castle five miles a Boxing Day race that Abbey athletics always used to go down, and three or four cars used to go down every year. Um, and and Boxing it's just a nice way to celebrate Christmas, pretty much. And um, it always sticks in my mind. There's one of the races where I was just running along, chatting to people, so I, like. And it wasn't a fast time, it wasn't a good time, it was nowhere near like a good race for what people would look at. But for me that was definitely probably one of my favourite races, I'd say. And I think it's just yeah, well what is a best race? Is it yeah, feeling yeah. good or is it running much better than what your fitness level is? Because I've had plenty of those races as well. Um or is pure if you're looking at purely based on a neutral kind of like I say there's a sports agent looking at all my things, they'll probably go either the fourteenth at the world half marathon in twenty sixteen or else the sixty two oh nine in Cardiff or in Copenhagen. Um they'd probably be my two best races, I think, from a neutral point of view looking at it.
1: because yeah, there's an awful lot of judgment with yeah. running, isn't it? And yeah. people ask you, they just it's all about the time. Yeah. But I know I've had excellent races just because of the way the race went, or yeah. maybe you were racing somebody within the race. Yeah. Well, and exactly. you didn't let them it's, go, and then you were kicking and you were playing yeah, yeah. mind games. And it was maybe one of the yeah. best races you had all season, but your yeah. time was three or four minutes
0: slower. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's that, that is running, definitely. There's been so many races where I've looked and gone, there's no way I should have run what I've just done. Like, yeah. it could have been a, a 31 minute 10K, 32 minute 10K, like miles off where I wanted to be. But in terms of where kind of my fitness level was at that time, looking back, it's like, geez, there's no way I should have been able to do that kind of
1: thing. Who, who are some of the names then that you've raced against? Uh,
0: well, I I, I've been lucky to, to, yeah, at the minute I'm kind of, yeah, I, I've been racing against everyone, which is quite nice. Very good. Um, but equally that kind of puts you in your box, um, a bit and kind of, like, that's I, I don't race in Ireland as much as quite I would like to race because I'm based over in London, but um, equally I'm kind of like, I don't really want the race in Ireland as much because. Yeah you kind of do get into that mindset of kind of i'm going and racing against other Irish athletes and if you're winning every week or if you're getting a medal and every week you're kind of like well actually yeah I'm, I'm top dog here this is good kind of thing whereas if you're going and racing a 58 40 half marathon guy um you're kind of like <laughs> it's, it's a whole other level it kind of makes you want to push that bit harder in training and train that bit harder and i think you definitely need that hunger and that kind of awareness that actually yeah. there is someone else faster out there there's that there's that cliche and even at a club level mm.
1: you need to be careful getting stuck in the trap of yeah. running with a group of people and if it's yeah. a seven minute mile yeah and they're all eight minute mile runners yeah and you just think you're top dog, but actually well, exactly. you out with a group of six-minute miles and all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, there's a lot more progression there. Well, definitely. I
0: think, yeah, I think even for a runner in themselves, they have to train with a group who they aren't the best runner in. Mm-hmm. And that's, I know definitely when I was 18, 19 again, I was starting to become one of the top ones in Abbey. And uh, at that stage, it was kind of like, oh, do I need to change groups? Do I need to change something up? Because just i felt as if I wasn't yeah. getting that drive, but at that stage it formed friendships, and it is quite hard to, to actually change groups at that stage. So that's why, yeah, uh, that's why I look at Kier McGee and changing, changing groups and going. I know it's very different, but kind of she saw and she kind of took that initiative herself to go. Actually, I need to change something here, which is very difficult for an athlete to do, especially um, especially when you're with a coach for so long as well.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. so Rio. Yeah. <laughs> So how did that, how did, what was the qualifying for that? Well, how did you get in? (laughs) See,
0: that's a very loaded question, I think. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so essentially um, there's quite a lot of people qualified for the marathon, but essentially there was down to four of us. Um, So Mick, Mick Clossy, um, Kevin Seward, Sergey, Giovanni and myself. And yeah, so essentially there's Berlin Marathon in September 2015 and we all finished within about a minute minute and a half of each other kevin was first is kevin wow. sergey Mick, and then me and i have you have to look at it from a usual point of view again and be like, from an irish point of view that was probably one of the best irish marathon races yeah, there's phenomenal. ever been um really not maybe not like we aren't olympic medalists or anything but in terms of kind of everyone pushing each other it's i think it was actually quite quite a good race maybe Unique, from a neutral point of view um and yeah if, Again, I'd, I came into that in fantastic shape, but I got a massive tear in my quad about two, three weeks beforehand. Um, I'd say, I think it was 13 centimetres, the MRI showed, so it was like a massive tear. And uh, I remember we were him in hand whether I should do it or wait till London <laughs> next year. And Andy was like, you're in fantastic shape. Just go see how you get on kind of thing. So... Um, I got on and got went off slow, went off very slow and then got to halfway It's I was like, okay, my leg's not feeling too bad, let's keep going, let's keep going and then I passed some more, then passed some more and then I remember I passed uh, Mick at, with by 4k to go I think it was, and I was like, jeez, okay, I'm doing well, If i am passing Mick, I'm, I'm not doing too badly here Um, and I, I could see Sergei up the road and I knew Kevin, Kevin was in solid shape, he was going to run 215, 214, kind of you knew that like we trained together and knew he was in decent shape. Um, and it's like, right, I'm going okay. And then, with about 2k to go, it's like, oh, I'm not feeling too good here. That kind of the I think it must have got adrenaline boost passing Mick, and then that kind of wore off a bit. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't good. And then I just heard, go on, Mick, keep it going, Mick. And I was like, looked around, <laughs> and he was there, and then we ran together for about a K. And then we're coming in and there's like a curb you come off the curb on before the brandenburg gate and then you you can see the finish line you go for it and we're neck and neck at that stage and i've always had like i've always had a kick and i've always kind of been like if it gets to the last 50 meters i should be able to beat most people (laughs) and uh it got got the like went through the gate and Kind of like, right, I'll try and go. And I was like, "Oh no, well, my legs are saying no," and uh, I pretty much I was, I had to walk that? from then, Pretty much, there was. Um, I was quite lucky. I was so close to the finish line because if it'd been another hundred meters, I would have lost another minute or so. Like it was, there was wow. nothing there. And uh, so yeah, so Mick Mick beat me. I think like three four seconds in the end. Um, but yeah, so that was. Burning. What was your time then? So, well. Oh, Kevin ran to 14.55, I think it was. Sergei was 15.20, I think Mick was 15.30, and then I was 15.34. I think that's roughly, that was kind yeah. of it. Um, but I was delighted, absolutely delighted, because it was another one where it's like, I didn't think I would run as well as I did. Like, I knew I was in shape, good shape, but I just didn't think the body would let me do it much. could have went terribly wrong. You could have yeah, yeah. pulled out um, halfway through well, the race. Well, that, that was the worry that we could have... Um, but it was one of those weekends, it was a fantastic weekend, like Andy had come over and my parents were over Um, there was quite a lot of friends over at it kind of thing and uh, yeah it was just one of those races, that it was a nice atmosphere around and yeah I was a bit disappointed to come fourth hour but equally I was like actually that's, I'm happy with that run kind of thing, It couldn't have asked for much more um, So yeah, so with the Olympics we were kind of like right well I kind of know where I'm at. I know my good shift, but I probably will need to improve upon this if I want to want to get like certain that, or if I want to get in the team essentially. Because I was in fourth position, or it might like if nothing else had happened, I wouldn't have been picked. I'd say, um, and then it's like right. So we kind of took a break and let the leg heal. Um, I went, to, went away with my girlfriend for a month, holiday, <laughs> and I was just like, don't want to think about running, don't want to think about anything, mm. um, and then came back and was like, right, let's, let's get back on this kind of thing, and um, so we went, we had a plan, it was a 10k, the 10K a local 10k where I was living um, over in London, and then a half marathon, again, pretty much local too, and then we had, the plan was the world half, and then London marathon, and we were like, go to London marathon, and that's where we'll qualify, pretty much, um. So we went to the 10k and Kevin uh, was doing it as well and quite a lot of, it actually turned out to be quite a good race, a lot of the top UK kind of distance runners were all doing it and um, yeah, I wasn't too sure how it was but I ended up winning it um, in a sprint finish and I was like, geez, okay, Around I think it was 29.20 and I was like, okay, actually I'm, I'm not in bad shape here and then kind of four weeks later we had the half marathon and I and won that in 63.20 and it's like... Okay, I'm coming coming into good shape here kind of thing. And then I went to Cardiff and I was I get that's the whole confidence thing definitely in that 10k half. And I came into Cardiff I was like, right, I'm feeling good, body's feeling good, I'm going to nail this kind of thing, and then get to London and do London. And uh so I went out to Cardiff and I remember looking at the watch after one, it was four twenty at first smile. And I was just like, wow. what am I doing? I've never run this fast before. And, like, the boys were still miles in front of me, the, the top guys. But uh, I was like, jeez, okay, four twenty. I was like, right, I'll ease back a wee bit. And he's back a bit and fell into a group with two Japanese guys. And uh, it was fantastic. And it was one of those races where, like, I... I, again, I finished it being like, I could do another 5k here, mm-hmm. this is, fin- it's just, the whole race is like I'm passing someone else, passing someone else and there's it's no way not- I'm slowing down, like it just wasn't it happening and um, we got there by three miles to go, and we'd, we caught another group and then I was like, right, I'm feeling good, I'm going to push on myself, i pushed on and Cardiff was horrible weather that year, it was a massive storm, um, but even still it's like, I'm feeling good, just yeah. running along and with about 12 about 12 miles the only guy passing me the whole race callum hawkins came off on my shoulder passing by and i was like jeez where'd he come from <laughs> and i was like <laughs> I, I remember thinking to myself i haven't done all this work to be beaten by by someone else from the uk and uh and so yeah so it kicked on again and I, if there'd been a tv camera that last mile was fantastic racing i think of me and callum because we were pretty much just Brilliant. passing each other by every 10 meters um, And then I pretty much kicked with 100 metres to go and and got him. Um, And, yeah, I just remember that feeling at the end was like, geez, have I actually just done that kind of thing? And, uh, yeah, it's probably definitely one of the proudest moments I've felt in running. Um, Just because it's kind of like, actually, given the conditions, given my position, everything, I was just like, okay, I'm in in good shape. I'm feeling good. And I actually just competed quite well against some of the best runners there are kind of thing out there. So the plan was then obviously London four weeks later. I was like, it came away and it was like buzzing, and it was like, I'm absolutely going to smash London. This is fantastic. And uh, everything was fine, a couple of easy days. And then Thursday, we went up, and Andy's like, we're doing a a session on the track. Is eight by a mile, eight by a mile with 400 meters, like jog recovery, but it's jog at six, six minute mile pace. So it's kind of like you're, you're recovering. You're kind of, it's like a 10 mile tempo essentially, but fast. Um, And I remember covering, so it's eight miles with eight laps of kind of that's recovery. I remember doing them and finishing it uh, in 50 minutes dead. I was like, actually, I've just done that as part of a session with slow recovery and it's it fantastic. So it's like five started at five ten, I think my then it's like 5.10 five ten, 4.40 fifty, four forty. I'm pretty much sure the last one was like four twenty and it's like that's a nice session. Yeah. And um I'd, driving home afterwards, I was obviously feeling geez, I mean in. Shape. That was half miles. It <laughs> 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 could have been all <laughs> those short tracks, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, but um yeah, I remember driving home afterwards. But I'd driven up to Andy, Andy lives about an hour away from me and uh so, I was driving back to the house and there's a massive traffic jam on the motorway. I remember it's was just stuck in the car for about three and a half, four hours, and it was that kind of stop start on the M25, which is one of the horrible roads in England. <laughs> and uh, I got back into the house and I was like, oh, that doesn't feel great, my foot kind of thing. And I, was like, I didn't think of it. I had a five miles, easy five to do later that night. And I managed about one minute of the five miles that night. I was like, nah, no, this doesn't feel good. So, I stopped and Found the wall and he's like, well, actually, there's, a, there's a doctor we can see in the next day. So I went there and saw him. He's like, oh, I'm not too sure about this. We'll get an MRI scan, and uh, he got an MRI scan then uh, of the foot, and it showed that there's a fractured metatarsal, a uh, fifth metatarsal, and some like fat pad kind of yeah. breakdown, um, and <laughs> so so then there was the question of do we do London or don't we, and it's yeah it's one of those do do london and so the advice i got was you can run london but by the end of it you'll have pretty much more than one metatarsal fracture and your foot will be in pieces and you're looking at a six month layoff pretty much um, at the best option or don't do london and just leave it up to the selectors and see and cross your fingers and hope essentially and that was kind of that's that's when a choice needed to be made and that was hard and I kind of yeah so that was that was definitely a tough moment i was asking for advice from everyone and the tend to tell you kind of it comes down to me to make the decision kind of thing and i I had a chat with andy and we're like if you do london you definitely won't be doing the olympics because you'll be injured you might get selected for it but there's no chance you'll run or run as we want you to run at the olympics kind of thing i was like yeah (laughs) like and and then that pretty much was it, and that was kind of like what decision made. And there was a the sort of thing he said. The sports doctor was kind of like, if you don't, if you don't do London, then we advise you to take by four weeks off, and then you can start jogging again. And it was like, okay, well, all that. right. We're about three four months before the Olympics. It's kind of like, okay, well, that's, and so once we made the decision not to do London, then it was just like right that's it and again so i was so the month of may was horrible so there's like a four week waiting time from the london marathon to the selection date for 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 ireland for the marathon and um that that was horrible. it was literally yeah. was horrible because i wasn't running so i wasn't Streaming, pretty much wasn't doing anything. Knowing what yeah. you form well, your best i was lying in bed not in fantastic shape like a literally fantastic shape and all because of this pain in my, outside of my foot that's been an extremely I run. hard day so, when on yeah. the marathon was happening. It, it was but I kind of had accepted that yeah, okay. I wasn't running at that stage. I was, <laughs> it, if it was up to me it would have been nowhere near but my girlfriend was doing it she uh, ran 352 Um, but yeah it was just uh, I had to go in and support her and kind of stuff so um, but yeah if it was up to me I would be nowhere near that race but um. Yeah, I and mean, then the whole month of May was just waiting. Um, and, yeah, and that was tough because of the whole surrogate thing. People were like, like I'm not mm. immune to reading reading things. And uh, even at that stage, people were like, oh, he's, he's not injured. He's, he's, I saw him out training the other day. And you're like, well, I'm based in London, for starters. How, how can you see me out training? And secondly, I've definitely got an injury. Um, but you read people like that, and you're kind of like, well, yeah, yeah well, fair enough. And... Um, and then, yeah, then selection date came, and um, it proved, yeah. So how did you it, find out? So it was a phone call. So essentially they said they would phone everyone between five and six with either a yes or no answer. And uh, it oh, kind of, okay. yeah, so I was sitting in the house. It was kind of like I didn't want anyone near me, so I made sure the house was clear. It's like it just won't be me on my own, pretty much, um, at the time. And I was sitting there waiting. It was five o'clock, and there was no phone call. And I got to half five. It was still no phone call, I was starting to think... I'm pretty sure if it was a no they would phone you first. Like I then I was like, Well, I don't know, maybe they maybe they just phone <laughs> the yeses to get them over with and then phone the noes And uh I I really it could have gone anyway, yeah. essentially. Um and yeah, thankfully they said they got the phone call and they said yes. Um and that that was a fantastic evening, went out for dinner and everything. I can just imagine that scene when that phone went down. Yeah, it's just like Yeah. All I did wow. is it's like is I, said, I said a no and it's like, I don't really want to know anything. Is it a yes or a no, pretty much? And as a yes, it's like, that's that's all I want to know, pretty much. Um and that was a fantastic evening. And then the next day was when all the kind of upheaval started, pretty yeah. much. And yeah, and that yeah a lot of things were said i think but um, how, how
1: do you protect so. yourself going into the likes of the olympics then because as you yeah. say all of a sudden you become a superstar right yeah. off the bat you already have yeah got this history of phenomenal running behind you yeah and um, but especially with the, the london yeah. 2012 it elevated the olympics didn't it yeah. really oh it
0: was I've, I've, like, in my memory anyway london 2012 is mm. the best olympics there has been like i, I remember watching sydney in t- 2000 thinking Geez, that's nice." And then 2012, just the whole atmosphere around it seems to be just, just another level. Yeah, And that's amazing. anyone I've talked to who's been there, been there, just says everything was just perfect. Like, the yeah. organisation, the travel, the, the, the Athletes' Village, everything was just, the atmosphere, everything was perfect. Um, which, yeah, which, so you're coming into the Gwangi's real it'd be nice, it'll be something similar kind of thing. And... Um, that and, buzz yeah, was rolling so, into Rio, wasn't it? Oh, was well, it that huge expectation? Oh, it definitely, was. there was definitely an expectation. You have the usual stories like a Zika virus, and <laughs> some accommodations are falling down, stadiums aren't being built, and stuff like that. But I think every Olympics has yeah. that essentially. Um, but yeah, but there's from that selection date to the Olympic until we got in the plane to go to the holding camp was probably quite a stressful time i'd say um but stressful, yeah probably stressful for me but i think it's stressful for mick kevin and mm-hmm. uh sergey as well obviously like and yeah i, I definitely don't begrudge sergey anything he did like yeah. at the end of the day he probably views me as stealing his dream and i know and if i was in his position i probably wouldn't have said some things that he said or done things the way he did it but who who knows how you would react mm-hmm. and i definitely don't Big him. There's people around him definitely I think I I wouldn't be so forgiving of of what they've said. Um but Sergei himself I wouldn't have any So go going going
1: to the actual Olympics then? Yeah. Like I've always said I've got Guinness legs. Don't don't travel well. Yeah, yeah. So how do you actually, because 'cause you've travelled to likes of Tokyo and places like that. How do you maintain that? It doesn't impact you really I suppose to traveling do you do anything well, different uh, or
0: not really i think i think real we were quite lucky in that we we left by five five weeks before the actual marathon day itself five even six weeks maybe before so you're you're talking a month and a half like out, out in brazil and a month and a half before marathon yeah you're thinking about it but you're not really thinking about it mm. like you still got a lot of training to do. um so we're kind of like, well, we're going there. You're with the whole team, the whole atmosphere, the whole athletics team. And that holding camp in Brazil was fantastic. You're treated like gods, essentially. It was five-star hotel. I've never experienced anything like it. A five-star hotel. You've got security around you the whole day. The meals were fantastic. Anything you wanted, they would have found it and got you mm-hmm. it kind of thing, um, which is was fantastic. And even the train in there was amazing. They are like in the middle of Brazil running and, and that's it like there's no one else around and it was a fantastic place and then we came into that actual... show. did you find that settled you then? oh definitely de- it definitely you was started enjoying the experience yeah, it's definitely a good place because you aren't thinking about the like, you aren't talking about the Olympics you aren't really thinking about it too much you're we're here for four weeks for training and then we'll all think about the Olympics essentially and it was just a nice place to get to know the rest of the team as well and um, all the athletics team and then we flew in, so the marathon ones flew in a bit later than the other ones to the Athletes' Village. It's about an hour and a half away of where we had been staying. And um, it was just completely different. Like, like It's the Olympics, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm never going to say a bad word about it. But that said, the Athletes' Village is, in real, it was kind of like a student accommodation, but not even very nice student accommodation. Like, I, Wow. The, so like the doors kind of were a bit crooked and like the paint was falling off the walls, the beds were kind of like half made and some were collapsing and it was all just kind of like, it just wasn't, wasn't what, what, what someone might what think. Yeah, exactly. And it's a very weird place, the Athletes Village, like especially at the start of the start of the championships, there's a lot of tension, a yeah. lot of atmosphere and then you spend, like there's nothing to do, especially for us because we're in taper phase, you aren't running as much, and you're kind of just literally stuck in this apartment Got block. Got your iPod on, and sitting lying down, Well, that's, well, it. that's it. And you can do that for a day or two, but whenever it gets to seven, eight days, you're starting to go like, actually, I need to do something. And you just spend your day walking from the apartment block down to the, to the canteen hall, which, again, is just like a big school school dinner hall. And, um, yeah, it's, it's nice that people watch, and you would be like, oh, there's that athlete, there's that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But you can again. You can only do that for so long. Um, so the, the actual holding camp is, or the actual village itself, is um, quite a weird place. And a lot of people, if you've never been on one, you I don't think you would think it's anything like what it is. And I've I've only been the one, so I don't know if that's just real yeah. or if that's every Olympics is like that. Um, but it's definitely definitely a weird experience in there. Um, not not a bad experience, not. Not uh, It's not what you expect, yeah, really. it's just not what you expect, definitely. Um, so, so, yeah. So, race day came up then. Yeah. So Tell me about that. Again, it's weird, but whenever you... Like I'd already done a couple of championships by that stage, so I kind of knew what to expect, and that experience, I think, is definitely, definitely helps. Like, yeah, there's nothing like the feeling sitting in a bus going to a race surrounded by 30 other athletes who... Are all going to try and beat you essentially, um, and just that tension and that nerves is it. It's a fantastic feeling. It is an excess, a bit like you going down to Dublin. Even it's that kind of feeling, yeah. and everyone has their own different way of dealing with it. And the bus driver normally has like some weird Brazilian music on. That's <laughs> that just isn't helping situations at all. And there's always like a couple of coaches who are talking really loudly, and you're like, I just want, just want some peace and quiet, think my, my own thing. thoughts, kind of thing, um, and you don't really get that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I, it was weird in that I knew, so I knew I wasn't at the shape that I wanted to be in, or the level of fitness that I wanted to be at. Like I knew I wasn't going to be competitive as as what yeah. I wanted to be. And kind of whenever you get in that mindset where you aren't thinking that you'll do that, then you're kind of like the nerves kind of ease off a bit. Like yes, it is the Olympics, but equally you're kind of like you're you kind of already settled a couple of weeks before that. Well, yeah, Comes I, I, race. yeah. I I know I'm not in sub two ten ship. I know mm. I'm not going to go go out with the leaders essentially. And once you've come in that mindset, you're like, well, I'm going here to run, run well. And you set a you target them as in yeah. Well, we're definitely yeah. You need a target like, like, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So. Like w- the plan was pretty much to settle into the right group. Um, what that right group is it's very hard to know before you actually start mm. running. Um. We kind of had a rough idea. I thought it was in two fourteen, fifteen ship shape um, on a good day kind of thing. Um, but I, I settled into the wrong group. But I think a lot of that was, I was very aware that there's two other Irish ones in the group and in the, in the race. And if I'd messed up, there would have be been a lot of talk back home um, about me messing up. And so I definitely went, in my mind, I think I went for the safe option yeah. more than a. I'm going out here to run the best I can, which I get. Even now, I'm still looking back and kind of sad that I did do that, but that's the situation that the way it was. And in my mind, I'm kind of like, well, that's partly why I want to keep pushing to pushing to Tokyo to actually go. Well, actually, no I want to do a proper race here, and feels yeah. if I've justified it to myself. Um, it's funny, I can
1: relate to that slightly. Yeah,
0: very slightly. By the no, way. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> But um, I went over to uh, and done the Ironman in Zurich. Yeah. And it was 36 degrees heat. Yeah. And I was seeing elite athletes just dropping at the side. Yeah. Off the run. Yeah. And I made that decision then, I went. I just dropped my pace right back, yeah. I need to finish but this, because I, I, I cannot go home yeah, yeah. without finishing this race, exactly. and there's people dropping out. Yeah, it so. does. It, yeah. It's that type of it's, decision you make, really, isn't it? Well, it, it like, is,
0: you have to. I, I think you do have to as well mm-hmm. sometimes. like some, There are races to roll the dice, and there's races not to. And any other situation, I'd be like, it's the Olympics, I'm rolling the dice here. And the way that it's set up, and the way we came into the Olympics, it was kind of like, actually... Mm-hmm maybe now is not the time to do that and in hindsight I wish I could have just said actually I don't really care but so you were the first yeah. Irish man so it was home, first yeah. Irish but yeah it was first Irish for a couple of minutes actually Kevin, Kevin had an alright run for where he was at um, Mick Mick didn't have a good lead in he um, mentally in the last week he, he said he, he had a big bad blister um, just at the wrong time on his foot and then once you get that wee niggle in a week before a marathon it's very hard to yeah. pick yourself out of that and yeah, I, I don't. That's do, you. Yeah, I, I think even him, he's he admitted himself. Him just finishing the race was actually a very good race for him, um, and yeah. But he's he's gone on to great things since, and I hope he does even better. Obviously, but uh, I'm sure he looks back on that race thinking, "Jeez." How did it feel just after that then? Because now you're an yeah. Olympian. Yeah, it's again. It's, it's 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 one of those things. You're in that mindset. It, People say it to you, and you're like, "I I know," but it was just like another race, essentially, and it was just kind of. I don't think it will set in. It does set in, but I don't think it'll probably. But when you uh, think of history, time, the history, time, yeah. of the Olympics yeah. well, going exactly
1: back years, so far, yeah, you know, yeah. and yeah. right back, yeah, and to be one of those people competing yeah. in the arena, really, uh, yeah,
0: I mean, I'm definitely proud, yeah. proud of it I I, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm not proud of being in the Olympics, it's, it's the Olympics at the end of the day, it's what every runner aspires to be and wants to be, mm. um, but yeah, I I've, I still feel as if there's a portion of Irish athletics who think I shouldn't have been there, and in my mind I always find that quite tough um, to accept because I'm kind of like, well, I've done what I've done and I think I think I was justified yeah. in myself to be there, Um and so I think that's partly why, in my, my case, I think the Olympic experience was, wasn't as good as what it could have been. Okay. And I think that's why I'm like, actually, I want to go to Tokyo and kind of make amends. Yeah, so I was going to ask them what's next for Paul,
1: he
0: yeah, well, really is focusing on well, Tokyo? Next is just not get injured, I think. Mm. I think that's my main, like, pretty much since, uh, since, since Rio, I've made the world champs team. Uh, last year in London for the marathon, and again got stress fractures and got a hip hip problem as well. Um, in the build up, to that got the stress fractures the week before, and I'm kind of like, that's another one I've missed. And then I was like, right, well, I've got the Commonwealth this year, and again got got stress fracture, and it's like, well, that's another one I've missed. And so it's just all these things like I, I get into good shape, and then no one really sees the good shape I get into because I'm injured before I can show it. Um. So we've kind of said, right. This time we're kind of we've got I've got a good team around me now. Where I'm kind of like, and I did have them before, but we're kind of are changing things slightly. Um, I'm kind of like, right. I kind of I, in my mind, I've done all the championships. I've been very lucky to I haven't run as well as what I wanted to. But in my mind, I want to run a fast marathon. I think that's for me. That's the next step that I want to do. What what
1: type of so, weekly manager are you hitting? Uh,
0: so at at the minute I'm probably a hundred I would say we kind of say we aren't we don't want to push more than hundred I'm still getting a lot of benefit doing that sort of mining, um, but just because of my injury history we're just taking it very slowly yeah. and we'll have to see if we can creep it up slightly. Um, what what would but, be a peak? What would be the most you've done? Uh, I have done one hundred forty plus weeks before, mm. um, and again you get through it fine, and then six seven weeks down the line you hit problems and it's whether or not. 140 weeks contributed yeah. to that or maybe it's something completely different who knows but um because it yeah, creeps up on you that. doesn't it, it's, well, you, it does. you look back and you think yeah. well yeah maybe well exactly that's the thing um but yeah yeah it's very hard to do that looking so back at the minute um, as i was saying these are useless <laughs> don't know yeah. why I write
1: out questions, because I never yeah. look at them. But um, The Dream Run Dublin yes. team, so you've done it last year, 2017. Yeah, yeah. You're doing a bit of coaching now yeah. as yeah. well, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: Tell me what the Dream Run Dublin is then. Yes, yeah, so this is pretty much the second year of it, like you said. Yeah. And it really came about through luck, I think, more than anything else. Luck and Ryan Maxwell, who, who runs NI Running up in the north, um, which is it's probably like the go-to website for... For athletics yeah. for north for northern irish athletes. what's going on what's going on and kind of update what the race is coming up and kind of like does a, a great a job he yeah, does he does. does a lot of work for it um but yeah it, it's essentially it all came out as like most things i like for having a few beers having a few pints with them um, there's a runner up in the north called simon murray who was with Abbey athletics yeah, yeah. back in the day and we're, we're good friends um since then and he was he was going for 245 in London Marathon um, two 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 three three years ago and I was like, oh, 245, geez, that must must put you quite high up there kind of thing in terms of North Island rankings kind of thing and he was like, yeah, yeah, I think it'd be top top 20, top 30. I was like, really? I'm not too sure it'd be that high kind of thing. He's like, no, I think so and pretty much stemmed from there like the next day I was like, all right, shall I, I'll sit down and actually do some, some number crunching here and kind of look back for the past five years and we kind of saw that so every year in North Ireland, I think is, it's about five years ago, it was about 60 people. Now it's up to about 80, 90 people break three hours for the marathon so every
1: 1, year. So 1.6%, I well, think. Well, I
0: think, yeah, world, worldwide, I think that's what they say, which it's is a very small 90. number. And even 90 people, and that actually shocked me quite a lot. I thought it would be a lot more than that. But 90 people pretty much say every year now are from North Ireland. Or breaking three hours for the marathon mm. and then we're like we looked at the half marathon times and again so we always use daniel's calculator the it tells you like the equivalent all those tables kind of if you run a such and such half yeah. you run such and such marathon it hasn't worked for um, me yet but <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't work for, for some people definitely but they kind of say if you're running 125 126 you're on track for a three hour marathon that's the equivalent to three hour marathon um and so we kind of it's like, well, let's look at the half marathon times. And whenever you get to by 79, 80 minutes, you're you're already hitting the hundreds. And you're like, there's hundreds, whenever you get down to 126, you're in by three, 400 people can do that. So every year, there's these hundreds of people who are running times, which should equate to a three hour mm. marathon, but aren't. And obviously, there's lots of reasons why that yeah. people aren't going for it. But knowledge is a big thing, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's lots, lots of things. But, um, Essentially, we were, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure if I took some of those athletes we could, I, could, I could get them to do a, a sub-three-hour marathon kind of thing. A bit in a cocky way, as, as you always do, kind of thing. And so like, well, why don't you kind of thing? And I was like, aye, sure. And then they didn't think anything more of it. And then as the time went on, we are kind of, actually, all right, maybe I'll give that a go. And kind of messaged Ryan at the time and was like, Ryan, I've got this idea, what do you think? And he's like brilliant. Uh, like Brian's a positive guy, as it is. Anyone who knows him knows that he's very. But pl- he pretty much grabbed it and was like, "We're doing this," <laughs> and uh, he he pushed it all forward. To be honest, like, if it wasn't for his enthusiasm and kind of drive for it, it wouldn't have happened. And uh, he's like, "Right, I'm putting something up on the website to ask for applications to to people who want to do it." And um, I was like, okay, if, if you want. And to be honest, I was like, I wasn't expecting many applicants, if anyone. And I was like, well are you sure people will apply for this? And uh, so that first year, we got about hundred, just under hundred applicants. And I was like, Jesus, this is this is interesting. Yeah. So, um, so that that was the toughest bit, whittling it down from hundred to just ten. Right, I said, I don't want more ten because ten it's a nice round number, and it, it is a time commitment. I hadn't. I'd coach one or two kind of people, but not not proper coaching. It starts
1: get watered down so, once you go past that,
0: doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it got this, it's kind of like, if I do more than that, the time commitment's too much. I actually I do want to focus on the running. I do have the medicine going on. I'm kind of like, I don't want to mm-hmm. take on too much or I don't want to take on more. So, and then let people down kind of thing. So, um, like we said we'll stick with 10. So, whether it's down to 10, um, which which was tough, uh, and then, like, like all things, in the first year, you're kind of winging it a bit, kind of thing. Like, you're kind of finding out what works, what doesn't work, essentially. And with me still based over in London, and I kind of want all the athletes from North Ireland, it's kind of like, I'll fly home once a month to see them. So it's a monthly meetup pretty yeah, yeah. much. And then in between that monthly meetup, I kind of encourage them to all meet-up together and uh, see each other and do runs and stuff together. And... Uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm interested, this,
1: it's 10 people, 10 individuals, yeah. um, people react totally different to different type of training yeah. plans and yeah. even nutrition and things like that, so how did you manage yeah. to actually manage 10 different individuals?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, well that's, the, that's the thing, so kind of, so, so I, I didn't know anything about them, essentially they were two, 10 strangers to me, and on the application form I pretty much just said, what are your PBs, and that's it and it's very funny what like that's all i said pbs and date of birth and it's very funny what people (laughs) come back some people come back and write a whole essay and say this is my first race started running such and such Write all the races how it all went and stuff other people pbs date of birth that's it you don't hear anything more and it's it's and i kind of like that i kind of don't want don't want more information than that and that's kind of how I made my decision, purely based on the emails and kind yeah. of how, how they came across in the emails. And um, and like you say, you're picking 10 different people. And so last year, I think all 10 were from different clubs. I think nine might have been from, two might have been from the same, but and 10 from different clubs. And the prerequisite is that you don't have a coach before joining the program. Like... North is like we said earlier. There's so many coaches in Northern Ireland, and I don't want to step on anyone too So it was kind of like you can't be coached already. Yeah. That, that's yeah. not my my aim's not to steal athletes from coaches. So um so I got the ten, and uh, yeah as, like I, again my dad my dad was a teacher. He always had these sands going up kind of thing that he always goes oh well, if if you're going to do something do it well kind of thing and it's a great thing great ethos yeah. to have in life, but. Is the sort of thing that i do take into coaching if i'm doing coaching i want to do it properly like and and whenever i started doing it privately it's kind of like oh this is this whole thing a 12 week plan three mm-hmm. three week four week plan you know do all this and i kind of did that for two or three people and then it's like ended up even like say i gave them a 12 week plan i'd be texting them after the first first session being like how to go and kind of I want that involvement, because you you literally can't, you can't coach people like that, it's impossible to, and even now people are like, oh could you give me, give me in two week blocks, three week blocks, and you're like, no, because in two weeks time you could be doing something completely different if what you do this week isn't working, or you've messed up this week, or you've gone faster, so it's very hard to do it that way. so yeah, so it's a lot of contact, a lot of WhatsApping, <laughs> a lot. It's not as simple so, as people realize, is it? Because you're adjusting all the yeah. time. Well, exactly. You are. You're completely like this. new So yes, we've got this. Whole, so we kind of market it as a sub three R project. That's mm. kind of what we tell. That, that's that's the aim of the whole thing, and everyone knows that. And uh, but on the first day, I'm like put that to the back of your heads, like because it's a twenty five weeks, pretty much twenty five, twenty six weeks from when I first see them to the Dublin Marathon. I'm kind of like. In my mind as long as you kind of become a better runner improve your pb enjoy it and kind of learn a bit then i'm happy even if you don't break the three-hour marathon kind of thing but that's obviously the goal that we're trying to get them to three hours um so yeah so that's kind of where we go and essentially it it is a lot of contact um,
1: and how they manage the load
0: good It's, it's surprising it's well, again, that's if they aren't managing the loop, that's that's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, if if they aren't managing, then I'm doing something wrong. And again, this this year's group were actually very different to last year's, obviously. But this year's group, we kind of they fell fell into a set program, like a very like I do have key sessions that yeah. I want them to do and stuff like that, and kind of. Last year took them a lot longer to fall into. It's kind of last year. You're probably talking end of september mid mid to end of september so you're talking four or five weeks before the marathon itself that they all kind of fell into the same kind of sessions and same kind of routine to the week whereas this year it was probably a lot probably even a month or so earlier um, that they all fell into that but for me that's that's kind of when I guess that stage like lean into the marathon i'm not so worried because I know what background they have. I know them very well. Yeah. I kind of know what they need. Um, it's that first two months, and that's kind of where I get the most enjoyment. When they're all coming from completely different places, like some have done a marathon, some have just come back from injured, some they're like all over the place essentially. And so those first two months is a lot of kind of like what I give one person completely different to the next, and all yeah. ten are very different that's people. You find it sort um, of coming together then after. Like that, so a that's months. the plan. Like they all kind of they all get up to a level of fitness, and then. But obviously injuries get in the way, so they don't all yeah. come together essentially. But um, and then we manage that. But uh, so how's how's yeah. the
1: group feeling four weeks out?
0: So so this year's group is is good. It's, like I said, they're completely different. Like last year, because we didn't even know kind of how it would all work. Yeah. Um. So last year's group, the PBs were from three o two to three twenty seven. This year's group is from three o seven to three fifty eight. So it's kind of quite quite a bigger range this group, and they aren't as close to three hours and again that's partly what i kind of wanted because again last year a lot of the applicants for i'll be a good candidate because i run three hours and 10 seconds and i'm kind of like well yeah i partly where's the challenge and partly well you're a sub three hour runner you just mentally haven't done it yet and <laughs> essentially it's just someone giving you a bit off the backside to to get through mm-hmm. those last 10 seconds um and that's kind of not a, what I wanted. I kind of wanted to actually, like, kind of teach or group help people. help the people move uh, from where they are to like another step, essentially. Um, so this year's group, they were good. Um, so there's ten of them um, at the minute. So one one found out she, she's got a grade two tear in her hamstring yesterday, which is yeah, she's had a bad time with niggles. That's the thing. It's again a lot of this is consistency and yeah. I, I, I we kind of go through it on the first time i see them and it's kind of like if you don't get injured you'll run better in in the marathon like it's as simple <laughs> as that and um, you might not break three hours but you'll improve and you'll run better um and it is as simple as that and it's kind of injuries are the, are the main thing if if you get injured yeah you you can get a niggle and fair enough you miss two three weeks it's no big deal it's but whenever you kind of misses two three weeks try and come back get three days done and then you have to miss another week and then get a couple of days done and then you miss two more weeks and you're like and you're more um, risk as well yeah aren't you? Cause well you're exactly because kinda... you're doing bits and pieces and then you're trying to push or you're like oh, I'm behind everyone else kind of thing so it, it is that's what i've definitely noticed with the group and that the first two three months a group's fantastic it's excellent they all push each other kind of oh, i'll get out and do the run because there's nine other people who are getting out and doing running. Yeah. Um, and that's fantastic to see and it's kinda of definitely a good a good it's enthusiasm for the well, yeah, good it? motivator. But then it gets to this stage, um, it probably started about three, four weeks ago. I noticed that it it's identical to last year as well, but if you tell someone like, Oh, take take a rest day, he's back, we need a couple of days' rest, you've got a bit of a niggle kind of thing, like, Oh no, I'm gonna going fall behind, going fall behind these others kind of thing, and starts in their minds they're they're in competition they've fallen behind and it's like well no you aren't you aren't racing them you're you're racing yourself kind of thing and i want you to get the start line in your best possible shape and what works for the nine others might not work for you kind of thing um and that's that's definitely another whole side of it which you don't get if you're just coaching individual yeah. athletes but, but not think. just thinking
1: about themselves i coached yeah. a small team of 12 people as well yeah and i didn't want to go past the number of 12 for the same yeah. reasons and you found if somebody got a niggle, mm. if they're out for two weeks, they were just worried about everybody else. Yeah, because they, 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 they yeah. see this start now that they've all started on this journey, yeah. and if
0: they stop, yeah, they're just left they're just behind. I know.
1: And that's a very difficult thing it to is.
0: try and say. Just let them go. Yeah, you'll come back to them. Well, that's it. It is, and again, that whole feeds into the whole mentality thing and the preparation for for a marathon. And um, that, that's so. This year, we kind of we didn't manage it last year. We talked about it, but just never worked out. But this year, at each of the meetups, we kind of have someone come in and talk to them. Yeah. So we had there's a guy Dave Woods who yeah, he's quite well known in the Belfast distance running thing, um, and he's done sub three hours himself. But he's pretty much a psychologist and kind of. Sports psychology as well, so he kind of is very good with There's mindset of and, form and things like that. As well, yeah, he? he he does a lot of stuff. Actually, mm. he's very so he spoke at the very first meetup and he's like ideally we'll speak at the last one as well. Just in terms of preparation for race day, and it, it's amazing what he says. It's it's all stuff you you look at and go oh well that's common sense everyone knows that, and then you're like well actually just to hear someone else say that is kind of yeah. like it just just reaffirms and kind of makes you think a little bit more about that, and. Like mentality is so much, especially for three hours. I think, mm. especially people who haven't done it before think actually, this it's is a real big block, isn't it? Yeah,
1: like, yeah, I, I'm very much I've met so. people at the start
0: of uh, marathons who I
1: know, yeah, I three hours, ah, they're maybe yeah, yeah. 255, 256 runners, yeah, yeah, and you just see the yeah, they just fall to pieces, completely start that, that line. Whereas in yeah.
0: training, 22, 24, yeah. they could smash it yeah. every single well, week. Well, that's the thing with last year, so uh, again, one of the it, the last year's program, I would say, went ninety nine percent was fantastic, except the last day, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the last days. I mean, but I suppose you could argue that it can't be ninety nine percent fine if, if they didn't do what they wanted to do, but uh, but yes, the marathon day itself was for me. It was mm-hmm. to see so many athletes who put in so much work, not achieve what they should have done on that day, is very hard from my point of view because of. At the end of the day, I've let them down, essentially, and that's what it feels like. I know they're running mm-hmm. the race, but... It's it's how they stay in their own bubble, yeah. isn't
1: it? Because they're going to get additional yeah. pressure, I've feeling that, well, if they... yeah Maybe the other nine people are going to get a sub-three, and I'm a good person, that's yeah. not. not well, and exactly. that additional pressure and yeah. was It
0: was quite a f- funny day, because so I'd gone down, for a realized I was down in Dublin, obviously. Just, and I saw them... All at about five miles in Phoenix Park, and it's like, okay, they're all doing okay. And then I saw them with messed up journeys and stuff. So the next time I saw them was at a half, halfway point. And I remember looking at my watch, going, Jesus, 127, there's not many have come through here. And there's 128, 129, and they still haven't come through. It's like, Jesus, they're struggling here. Um, and again, it's pu- in my mind, I think, it's purely mental because mm-hmm. they've gone through 20 miles, most of them. I'd gone through twenty miles in training, minutes like way faster than what they actually did on Dublin Marathon day. A lot of tension. And so yeah, there's so many things. It's either tension, pressure. The course is stress. quite hard as well because the it, first yeah, half of Dublin it's is a lot harder. Yeah, than the second half. It is. It's not. It's not a fast course. Or it's yeah, not as fast as some people can run well there. But it's not as fast as what people make. When up. I eventually broke so, my
1: PP in Dublin, <laughs> it was actually the perfect. first half. Was my slowest half marathon I'd ever ran.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Just because there's a lot of hills well, at the first half. There, there are a marathon. lot of
0: hills, definitely, and Phoenix Park's difficult as well. It's it's not as easy as what. The, Especially if you get, get the wind and it. it's open. Yeah, so so that's the thing. So like afterwards we kind of so last year three of them broke three hours, um, three broke three hours. And another one ran a good PB, um, and one of the others ran a good time. I would say for for where they were at, um. So that was that was five of them, and then two didn't start, and three, um, two didn't start with injuries, and then the other three didn't run well. Um, I think they would they quite openly admit that yeah. they didn't run well, um, and yeah, it's it woke- going to happen though, isn't it? Well, ex- not everybody's going to run. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, one of the biggest feedbacks last year, and we kind of all sat down after and kind of had a bit of a, a chat and stuff, was was were over overly ambitious in the times and all that the starting paces kind of want what, what, to go through halfway and stuff and it's, it's kind of a difficult one because again it's kind of i'm like in my mind it's like i don't think they were overly ambitious the paces that mm-hmm. like we kind of would work them together like obviously what, what pace you would do i always start with well, what pace do you think you should do <laughs> you, you want to do kind of thing or what pace do you do you think you're on for um and it's kind of that balance between well, what what do we want to do, and what's realistic, and kind of well, where are you actually at? And looking back at where they were, I think the times that we'd set was were realistic. And I remember sitting chatting with Ryan after all the athletes had left, and we we're like, "Yeah, okay, maybe next year we'll be slightly less ambitious, or maybe I'll tell them to go out five, ten seconds slower a mile and stuff." And Ryan's like, "No, don't, because." they were the times that they should have yeah they were realistic there were times that you thought they could run there were times that the athlete thought they could run and all the training suggested that they could run those times so why should you change it? So don't change if you're going to change it change it because there's a reason to change it but don't change it because of one essentially bad run or it's, so, it's a such a false um, barrier yeah. isn't it that's well, the sub exactly, three and the, you
1: really just almost need a just yeah. get that out of your head. Yeah. Just be confident in the training that you've done and well, go out and just, just race your race. And, yeah, and Don't think about anybody it's else. It's very
0: easy to to say, much, much <laughs> harder for people to do. And ninety
1: five percent of marathoners don't yeah. do that. Well, exactly. <laughs> on the day. well,
0: that's it. And but again, it's the sort of thing where I, I'd love to see stats of people who break three hours in the first marathon who then go on to take ten minutes off it mm-hmm. in the next one because I'm I'm sure there's once they get over that hurdle, then they'll just take a big chunk off because. Because it's gone, they know they can do it. Is there a way of but, following
1: them then on the the day, or they're so not wearing the same top? So, so there's
0: the Dublin tracker, you can follow every athlete yeah. that's got the app. But um, we thought about it, and um, with last year we were like, should we get kit for them? And even the athletes themselves were like, should we get kit? And then we're kind of like hemming and high because again, they've all got their own clubs, they're running for their own clubs, and I don't really want to take yeah. away from that, and the clubs kinda want them to run in them. So we kinda said no, just run in your club vest and that's kind of clubs are very proud. Yeah. People wanna get those sort of things. and even nice. That's the club away. And even there's team prizes or team like running as a team and stuff and even the support going around. Like you kinda want yeah, the the club supporters to cheer on their club essentially, just not someone who's wearing a random vest that they've never seen before. So um so yeah, so so we decided against against that so if
1: somebody was looking to be coached by Paul how would they contact you Uh,
0: (laughs) they can go on Wikipedia and uh, (laughs) 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 no um, uh, yeah so they can get in touch with me quite easily As I say there's Facebook there's Twitter just drop me a message or else um, yeah the email for for the Dream Run thing is dreamrunproject at uh, gmail.com or else they have got a website ppmarathon.com as well Mm -hmm. and just drop me a message there or yeah my emails yeah there's plenty plenty of ways if if they want to get in touch well thanks very much I wish their
1: dream run Dublin team all the best fingers crossed Um, for them I wish you all the best and fingers crossed stay away from the stress fractures fingers crossed (laughs) as well um, Tokyo's on the cards cheers Paul
0: good to meet you thank you
1: what a phenomenal podcast from Paul just coming out of injury myself, I've been inspired by a story. It's important never to give up and follow your dreams and keep on grinding until there's nothing left to give. I wish all the Dream Run Dublin crew the best of luck during the Dublin Marathon this year. Just run your own race and let the games begin. Don't forget to download the Podbean app and follow the Inspirational Runners podcast. Until next week, stay safe keep on moving.